after. <laughs> I actually also have something I want to run by you. So, um, oh, yeah. oh, we're live. <laughs> we're live. Hello, hello, live. everybody. Hello. Oh, always so fun to get on here. <laughs> Welcome to the Just and Allison show, the show with no name. With no name. We're on 10 now. We're on 10. Oh my gosh. We're going to, I think we need to start subtitling our shows so we can differentiate between like, hey, Amy. I think we do also. Well, okay. Our goal at the end of every episode is to like come up with our subtitle. Yeah, I feel like we did that, but have we implemented it? Because yeah. we're like, oh, we should call it that. And then like, we don't write it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and also I don't do any of the uploading anymore. So I have this amazing assistant named Joanne. Joanne, we love you. We awesome. love you. <laughs> she is awesome. Um, and I just need to tell her to uh, what our like subtitle is. So it's my fault. So we just we just need to like we just need to like be more specific. Like when we hear when we're like, oh that I really like that. Like write yes. it down. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And no, um, you know, listeners, you can help us out here too. <laughs> yeah, feel free. <laughs> we, we come on here. Um, you know, we just we're just we just show up. So, so <laughs> um, Allison, do you have anything going on this week that you want to talk about? Because I have something that I, that just happened this morning I want to talk about. But I want to talk about. I want you to go first because I feel like sometimes I dominate. <laughs> so sometimes sometimes I feel that way. <laughs> I don't think you dominate at all. I'm very capable of stepping in. Um, <laughs> I let's see. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I have um, a lot. I've not like coming up this week or that happened this past week. I just feel like I've been what having. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. I've been having lots of um, interesting breakthroughs, which has been oh. kind of fun. Yeah. Just. I've gotten back into more, um, I kind of, I, so I'm, I'm a life coach, a thoughts, feelings coach. So I used to do self-coaching very at a very specific time of day when I was first learning it all. And then I decided that sleep was really important. And so I was working out. And so like, it kind of didn't, it didn't have the same time set aside that I used to, but it was okay because I was learning about like integration and doing it all throughout the day. So now it's kind of moved to this place where I'm like, I kind of want to do that again. I feel like there's like, I want it, not that I feel like I have to. So I've been making some more finding random spaces of time and just seeing lots of things, which has been really cool. Like the journey never stops. There's just always more stuff to learn. <laughs> I say all the time, the journey never stops. Never. If it stops, you got a bigger problem. Like right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know that I have like a specific, I didn't necessarily come with a, like a specific thing. I was like really ready to talk about, but I'm sure that some of this will come out, <laughs> these new, new <laughs> insights I have. So I am more than happy to start with whatever is currently, you know, at the top of your mind. Well, I just, I saw something on Facebook that was triggering. And I kind of soapboxed on Instagram, right? So I was actually wondering, it's like, it's triggering in like a lot of different ways. And there's a lot of different perspectives that we could like come at it. So I was wondering if I should just share it because it's a public post. It's not like a, um, I was wondering if I could share it and we could just like deep dive into it. Yeah. All right. So I have, let me just <laughs> hold on a second. Um, I'm going to figure out how to do that. 
tech tech okay oops no. oh you're actually gonna share the post so cool i'm gonna share I'm the post yeah, yeah, yeah i'm gonna share my screen um so don't message me on facebook right now <laughs> <All right. laughs> can you see that screen okay yeah yeah okay so this is our local habitat restore and the post that they wrote this morning and i've got so many thoughts about this um and then there's like a follow-up to it already which is exciting but anyway they wrote please 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 fans of the restore please ask everyone you know to not do this to us especially when there's rain in the forecast illegal dumping like this costs us money and steals from our ability to accomplish our mission many of these items um are things we do not accept or whatever was acceptable is now ruined. This kind of behavior escalates our garbage expenses, blocks off valuable parking spaces and diverts our already limited staff from their many important and meaningful tasks. Not to mention the absolute deflating effect on our morale when we start the, the when we, this is how we start our day. Um, please contact donations, whatever, for all of your donation questions. Okay, so there's that. Post. So let's describe the picture for anybody who might not be able to okay. see it. So how if would you describe it, Allison? <laughs> well, I would describe this as um, a parking lot with a whole bunch of stacked items that have obviously been placed outside to be dropped off. Nicely stacked, though. Like, like somebody Nicely clearly... Stacked. It wasn't like somebody dumped this stuff. They actually went out of their way to like nicely stack furniture. Mm -hmm. There's like, um, there's lots of furniture. There's a cooler. There's boxes of stuff. There's home decor. There's a mattress. There's even a tarp over some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bicycle and it's right next to the clothing and shoe drop off bins. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously the person wanted this to be donated, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless right. of like how it was done, like I looked at this and I'm like, their intention is that this is all going to be reused. Um, right. So I woke up and saw this is like one of the first things I saw this morning, which is such a kind of random. But um, there were a bunch of comments about how horrible this person is and blah, 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 blah. And then right before we got on to our call, the Habitat Restore commented and said, in a beautiful moment of reconciliation, the person who dropped off this stuff came back this morning and helped us clean it up. They were very nice and very apologetic. Their understanding and their kindness took a bad situation and made it so much better. I have nothing but appreciation for their kindness and their help. So, okay, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. Okay. Um, uh, so can I just kind of like dig into like- Go for it. Some of my thoughts. And you guys in the comments, if you have thoughts on this, like, let me know. Um, the first thing that I thought when I saw this is like, this is not about this, right? This is about the fact that we think if we just can donate everything, we're a better person, right? Like we're, we buy into this idea that every single thing we own needs to have like a perfect next step. It needs to be reused. It needs to be recycled. You know, like that is how we, we have so much, um, of our self-worth connected to this idea that we have to do the right thing with our stuff, right? To the point that we will drive to a parking lot in the middle of the night and like nicely line up everything because we're like, you know, it's called like wish cycling sometimes. We're like a hope and a prayer that this is going to get reused. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of like when I saw this, I, you know, I really feel like this is just a bigger issue. We we're buying into this idea that to be a good person, we have to like do the right thing with our stuff. Yet at the mm -hmm. same time, 
we're actually spending a lot of money on things that are designed to just be like tossed out, right? Like there's like there's no quality and craftsmanship in most of the stuff that we purchase. Like there's no way that it can be reused indefinitely. Mm-hmm. So we're like buying stuff and then feeling bad about throwing it out. But the whole idea that we're a good person if we recycle comes a lot from the plastics industry who doesn't want to be responsible for disposing of all the single use garbage. That's exactly what it is. Garbage. Cause it's not recycled that they produce. So that was my, mm. like, I had a lot of things to say about this this morning. Yeah. There we go. That's how our layout is back now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love, love, love to hear your thought. Cause like, and then we attack the person who, tries to do the right thing, even though, okay, I know they're illegal dumping. There's no question that's not right. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they realized. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and and it's, and it's clear that they didn't intend for that to be like actually a problem. So I think uh, (laughs) that takes, that kind of takes me on a different direction because what sticks out to me the most in that story. And I, and I'm hundred percent want to talk about what you brought up. Cause that's a, that's a thing for me too. <laughs> um, but um, this, this whole, like, I feel like we don't have like the capacity or the skill to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I, and I even have a little bit of a hard time with this because in some, there's a part of my brain that's like, yeah, but like, you don't want to just be oblivious to stuff. But the thing is, I think that people are always doing their best. I I really do believe that. They're just doing their best with the information that, that they have. And we all connect with information a little bit differently. So in some ways, like you could see like, clothing drop-off bins, and you could perhaps process information of, of, oh, this is a (laughs) drop-off. I mean, I get it that there's like signs and things like that sometimes, but it's possible that people aren't just saying, let's just like, just do all this and someone else has to deal with it. It didn't appear to me. 100% of us have thrown stuff into the recycling bin knowing it can't be recycled. Like, and like (laughs) what this person did is exactly the same thing. Like, right? Yeah. That's why yeah. there's a term wish cycling. We wish cycle like so much to the point that we are just, we have like destroyed an aspect of the recycling industry. Like we have made less things recyclable by all of the wish cycling that happens. Yeah. It's such an interesting word that you've created there, wish cycling. And that's no, true. I agree. That's the term. That's a real term. Oh, that's a term? Yeah. Oh, wow. Cause that makes so much sense. Like I, <laughs> I, I and I always used to have, I always used to, this is something that I'm like only just now overcoming is this idea that the things that come into my life are my responsibility and that I have to like, until it's like worn out or to the point of no use, it has to be, you know, passed along. It has to have the use gotten out of it very much attached to, am I doing the right thing? Like, am I being a good steward? Like all those ideas. Yeah. so you know my whole like my whole take on all of this is 
it's too much responsibility and we have no control over what happens when we let go of stuff, right? If we really want to be conscious consumers and if we really want to do the best thing for the environment, we need to stop the flow in, not mm -hmm. do the best thing about the flow out, right? Like mm -hmm. the only place that we have like actual control over the process is with what comes into our house. Like once it's in your house, like you really, your choices are so limited. Like you don't know what's going to happen when you bring it to a don donation center. You don't know what's going to happen when you put it in the recycling bin. You don't know. I mean, if you put it in the garbage, yeah, you're pretty sure it's going to go into a landfill. Um, but like that, we, once you like get it out, like there's, it's just, it's, you, you can't control it. Right. But mm -hmm. we have so much attachment to that action of getting it out the right way. Yeah. Like even if you give it to a friend, there's a good chance that they don't really want it or need it. And they're going to go ahead and let go of it also. Like yeah. <laughs> you onto somebody else. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> and then there's like guilt involved. Cause it's like, we we're just so emotionally, we have so much uh, complexity with our things and the stuff that we interact with. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot in this post, right? There's there like, there's yeah. so much there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easy to attack the person, but like, we're all doing the same stuff. Like, I mean, we're all doing it. Yeah. So Sam says, I actually think that many people do not know how or what to recycle. It's not clear enough. Well, I think that that's actually part of the, I mean, it's a huge part of the problem, but I also think at some level, it was made to be an unclear system because it makes it that like, like perpetuates the system basically. Like, so my understanding of recycling right now, and you guys have heard me like talk, I talk about this so much. Recycling is market-based. If there is no market for the recyclable materials, it goes into the landfill, right? So 9% of all plastics that were ever produced have actually been recycled. 9%, that's like basically nothing, okay? Like, think about that. It's basically zero. <laughs> I mean, I know it's 9%, but like. <laughs> much closer to zero than 100. <laughs> it is much closer to zero than 100, right? So almost nothing is actually recycled. Almost nothing. Metal is recycled. That's like reliably recycled. And then it just varies from like, if there's no market, it can't be recycled, regardless of how much you fill up your recycling bin. And when fill up your recycling bin and it goes to a, a like a single stream sorting center and you're like, like all that wish cycled stuff damages the machinery and I know this because my husband owns a machine shop right he repairs this stuff all the time um it damages the machinery it, it uses way more carbon emissions to process it to pull it out to then retruck it to a landfill okay so the carbon footprint of wish cycling is way higher than the carbon footprint of actually throwing stuff into the trash. Hmm. But it's very confusing, like depending on where you live, what there is actually a true recycling market for, right? So nobody actually knows that answer. And if you do know the answer, in my experience, you don't want to share the information because it's not a good answer. It's like there's basically no market. So. <laughs> So you don't want to say that because you're the bad guy then, right? Because you know most stuff is going into the landfill. So like all of the conversations I have had about this have been totally off the record. But now there's lots of documentaries about it. So it's not just 
Jess Marcy, like spewing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's this crazy system, but it's so connected to how we feel about ourselves. Like that's, that's the part. Yeah. Right. Like we can't even logically think it through because we're like, Oh my God, don't even go there. Maybe maybe we should talk about, maybe we should talk about that though. Why is it so connected to ourselves? Is it because of what we're told? Well, I think there it's a combination of things, but we're raised with the idea, right, that we should never throw out anything because it makes us a bad person, which is was true 50 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there was not like you, you, this is like the basic stuff that we teach, right? Like hoarding is human nature. It's been like an evolutionary advantage for so long. So it's mm-hmm. true that if you got rid of stuff, like you were putting your family at risk like, you know, back in the day. And then, of course, there was the depression, right, where people genuinely did not have anything. And so you had like keeping stuff was a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's that. And then there's a lot of evidence and research and investigative reporting into how that little like circle on the bottom of the recycle, that little recycling arrows, um, like that was, that's a marketing ploy to like make you think that you can recycle everything when most stuff isn't recyclable. Most plastic isn't recyclable, right? So we're actually, we were sold, this was like an intentional like sales pitch that came from the plastics industry in response to the first wave of like anti-plastic movements, right? In the eighties. So they put this little, though, like seriously, there's Wait, (laughs) wait, I'm still stuck on the part where you said, the little arrows, if I see the symbol, it doesn't mean it's recyclable? No, it means theoretically it's recyclable. Theoretically. Yes, oh. and theoretically it is recyclable. For, not forever, but like, because you can only break down plastic molecules so many times and rebuild them. Uh-huh. Theoretically, it could be recycled if there's a market for it. And like, you know, if there's wow. like, if the infrastructure exists for it to be recycled, yeah, it can be recycled. Mm-hmm. But we go back to that 9% of all plastic ever produced was recycled, has it ever been recycled? I mean, yeah. So there was a big like pushback against putting that recycling thing on that little arrow on the bottom of all plastics because the idea was that it would make consumers think that everything could be recycled if it had the little symbol on it. Yeah. But it's like actually only in theory. <laughs> like <laughs> Not in practice. So wow. <laughs> like when something says recyclable, yeah, maybe like in best case scenario, like, you know, in, you know, the, you know, whatever in like the fantasy land. Yeah, it could be recycled if we have the infrastructure, if we, you know, have a market for it. If somebody wants to buy it, break it down and reproduce it into something else. Yeah, it could be recycled, but it's probably not going to be recycled. Like, <laughs> So (laughs) talk to me like a small child. (laughs) When you say the infrastructure and the market for it, do you mean the, like when I have my recycling bin go out, like whether they have the system to actually do something with that particular thing? They need a buyer. So when you put your stuff into a recycling bin, it goes to a local sorting plant. It gets Uh sorted out by material. Single stream has actually kind of destroyed what like, what, what was like the best part of recycling was destroyed by single stream because 
pulling out the material. Okay, so to have somebody who actually wants to buy the raw material, the you know the recycled bottles, the recycled whatever, they need like the same number, right? So they need all number ones, all number twos, all number threes, because they're all slightly different polymers, right? And I'm not a scientist, so if I'm getting some of the technical details <laughs> wrong, saying the wrong word, we don't hold against you. Go with it. <laughs> And if you are a scientist and you're listening, let me know the right word. Polymer might be wrong. Anyway, <laughs> so they need clean in order to use that material. It needs to be clean and pure, right? So um, if there's paper attached to it, if there's like if it's contaminated by oil or something like that, the whole batch is not usable. So we have to sort it out and have clean material and then somebody, so then it gets sold to somebody who's going to do something with it, right? So we separate it out. That's like the what the government mandates, right? We, we recycle and separate it out. There's a lot of loopholes in this because, I mean, <laughs> if there's nobody to buy it. Recycling is market-based. There has to be somebody who wants to buy the material. So in wow. 2018, prior to 2018, we were sending the bulk of our recyclable material to China. So China would ship over like tons and tons of containers full of stuff. We would consume it, recycle it, and then we would put that stuff back into the containers and send it back to China, okay? There, one of the big issues is that we don't have a lot of localized recycling infrastructure. We can recycle, but there's no then like companies that want to buy that product, right? That recycled raw material. So it was going right back to China. And let me tell you, <laughs> the environmental regulations in China are not the same as they are in the United States, right? So a lot of stuff was just being tossed into oceans and rivers, uh, burned, or just like, you know, tossed into the landfill, right? In China. So now, I mean, just think about the carbon footprint of all of this right up to this point, right? This is like a lot of energy expenditure to reuse something. So it goes back to China. Now in 2018, China decided like basically overnight, like no more, we're not gonna be the world's dumping ground anymore. And in a couple, in a matter of a few months, they shut down their recycling industry. So they would not accept any more containers of recycled material from around the world. So this basically upended the, it was like a total sudden movement. It upended the entire recycling industry. And we started sending our recyclables to, developing nations who couldn't accept them or who couldn't process them. So uh, over the next couple of months, you would see news reports that like Indonesia, like stopped accepting shipments of, and it wasn't just the United States, everyone in the world was sending their stuff to China to be recycled. Now, yeah, there is, okay. There's like small exceptions to this. Like there, there are some local companies that are reusing whatever, but we're talking about the vast majority of stuff, right? Um, so we basically are left right now with a situation where we don't have a strong market for the material that we have. So most of the stuff that we put into the recycling, but not all of it, just 91% of it <laughs> is going into a landfill, which is not the end of the world because landfill technology is actually really good. But what I see from my end is so many people who feel so much guilt and shame from throwing out stuff mm -hmm. and go spend hours and hours and hours or just don't throw it out because they feel so bad yeah. 
But then when you actually do the right thing, you don't even know that that's actually what's happening. And it's probably not. Wow. This was really, really informative. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's actually, that makes so much sense because we do have so much tied to like how we think about ourselves based on what we're doing. And I've had those very same thoughts. Oh, it like I'm putting it in the right places where it's supposed to go because of these things that I have been told and conditioned with in this culture. So then I feel a little bit better about myself, but then I still get really stuck. I, I have things like, you know, electronics and stuff I get so stuck on and the things that I have a hard time. Yeah, that's a whole, I know that's like a whole thing in itself, <laughs> but, but it does very much tie back to like the desire to want to do the right thing. And, how and that's the best close, right? Cause that person was trying, I really believe that they that were trying to do the right thing. Right thing yeah. Right? I mean, okay, yeah, they were illegally dumpling, but like they were trying to do the right thing. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end, of the, and they went back and like, I, I mean, obviously they're a good person, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, do you feel any less triggered now that you've talked through all this? Because <laughs> I don't feel like I'm contributing very much to this. I'm like, yes, I agree with all of that. <laughs> I mean, the triggering thing for me is that it's, this is so much deeper than, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's so much deeper. If we want to do the right thing environmentally, we have to stop buying so much. Like we have to stop supporting the industry that is destroying the earth, mm. not try and do the right thing, like by disposal. Yeah. Like we need to put our money where our mouth is and stop like stop going to the dollar store. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to call them out. Okay. If you're buying something that was produced in another country for a dollar, it's not going to last. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to last. It's not, this is not, you know, do you really need that? Do you really, I I, like, I, oh my gosh. I mean, it's, I could just go on and on. This is like, this is my trigger topic, right? Like soapbox, like, like you're a good person because you're a good person, not because of how you throw out stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, but people buy for the same, for the same types of feelings. They want to feel better about themselves. Like it's, it's all related. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're buying and tossing for the same reasons. We yeah. Feel good. Yeah. I mean, retail therapy is called that for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> And I like, I don't totally not suggesting that you don't try and find like a good reuse option. I just am suggesting that we're more realistic about what those, like what those options are. Cause they're way less than I think we believe. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so I said on my Instagram this morning, um, every time I drive by our local Goodwill, the line to donate goes out the parking lot, like to the light around the corner and it blocks traffic. It actually like, and even if you think about the amount of stuff that pe- and you like, if you go there, there's like a like literal mountain of things in like the warehouse side of the Goodwill, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just common sense that most of that stuff is not going to be sold. It's right. too much stuff. Every day, there's this huge volume coming in. I mean, and those employees are doing the best they can. Like, they're. I mean, I actually 
I've learned a lot more about Goodwill recently. I think that they have incredible like employee training programs and like all sorts of stuff, but like realistically, there's no way all that stuff is going to be reused. They're going to put it into a landfill. They have no choice. It's too much stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Amber used to work at Goodwill and she says most of it goes into the trash. So now you drove to Goodwill, you packed up your stuff in boxes, you drove to Goodwill, right? There's a lot of energy, like carbon emissions right there. You put put your stuff that's not going to be reused, felt good about it, but it's just now going to be then retrucked to a landfill. Like it's more carbon, like from a carbon emission standpoint, this is more carbon emissions, not less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you first started your whole journey and you were like, I'm going to stop the flow of things in, what were some of the things that I I would just love to hear a little bit about how you initially reacted to that? Because I think what it is, and and I think, I think this can be used in so many different ways and, and buying things is just one of them. I think that there's this, um, we get these urges and these impulses because we are trying, we're usually trying to make quick fixes or something, or like, Oh, if I go get that, then I'll have what I need and then I'll be okay. And I'll feel okay. And it's always like to, to sort of put a stop to that. There's this big wall of discomfort. Oh, like, yeah. that, that doesn't feel right. I need to go out and like get that because this doesn't feel like, okay. <laughs> I'd love to hear a little bit about like your initial journey with that. Do you remember that feeling of like, oh, I'm going to not buy this thing now? And well, so here's the truth, Allison. I still buy stuff to feel good, right? But I (laughs) I do it like much more like with the understanding that whatever I purchase is going into the trash. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just more. So um, recently I heard this suggestion that if you have unopened cosmetics, you can just return them to like Target, right? So you don't need to throw them out. What do you think Target is doing with unopened? I'm sorry. If you if you have open cosmetics, you can just return it to Target, right? They so that you don't have to throw it out, right? Right. You can't recycle cosmetics. You just can't clean those containers enough. Like, yeah. Like there's a whole thing that is not recyclable. What do you think Target's doing with it? Right. Like what? What, what, do, you do? what do you think Amazon does with most of your returns? Most of the stuff that you return is, spoiler alert, trashed. It's trashed. Yeah. They yeah. don't even try and resell it. It's not worth it. Yeah. And they can't. There's regulations in some places against like reselling it. Um, like, so it's just, you know, I go into every purchase knowing that I'm buying something that's ultimately garbage because every single thing in our life is garbage. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, doesn't matter how good it is or whatever. Yeah, some things might last longer than others, but it's garbage and you have, that's an uncomfortable feeling, mm-hmm. but it does kind of change the way that you purchase things. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. I really like that though. That's like, that's it's a reading, though, because you know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another. I'll tell, I, I will share a little bit more. So, of like, um, because I have less stuff, like less 
possessions, right? And I don't have nothing. I'm not a minimalist. I'm like a normal, I have like a normal amount of stuff, right? Like, or I don't know, like, it's just, it's not overwhelming. I have an over, I don't have an, I'm like an overwhelming amount of stuff in our house, right? I have enough for that I can like handle like, okay. So since that has been true, I have had way more time to like go to our local co-op, buy food in bulk. So I bring my jars, I weigh them. I, they have over a thousand items in bulk. Like I have more time for that experience. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's what makes me feel good now is like that type of, you know, kind of searching for like the lowest packaging. And I, listen, I still get stuff from Amazon. I like it's, I still live in 2021. Like there's, you know, there's the balance, but everything is like, just, it's just a different, like, it's like you experience it more. You do. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It says church from its rummage sales are good. Yeah. But I mean, they, and then they are, and I'm not suggesting don't try and find like more, like life for your stuff. I'm just suggesting that you be realistic about it. Yeah. Because also whatever's left over at the church rummage sale is going also to be donated. And then there's a good chance it's going to go into the garbage. I mean, you just can't get around this. Like, yeah, <laughs> we have too much stuff in the world. We have more stuff than we need. And it's not yeah. equally distributed, obviously, but. Yeah. <laughs> this is all right, Allison, it's your turn to talk now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think about um, which direction I want to go. <laughs> if there's anybody in the comments who wants to come on live with us and talk about this, we're more than, we would be more than happy. If you think that I am totally wrong, I would love to hear your point of view. Seriously. Um, I think that that's so valuable. Well, I think it's so interesting that just like everything it's, I, I really love how bluntly you put things sometimes. You're like, everything is going to be garbage. And that's true because I think that we do forget how like everything is breaking down. Everything in our, like all the physical things, it is always breaking down. It is always going to end up as garbage. You're totally accurate with that. So when we when we think of it in in that light, it does have a freedom to it because there is something about purchasing and getting and acquiring that gives us almost like this. Um, it's like a way to forget that it's not all just breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks all nice and shiny on this shelf, right? Right. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's, it's like, we're trying to like postpone the discomfort of like, let's just like, live with reality of, I don't know. Does that make sense? Kind of. Kind of what's going on in my mind. <laughs> I I mean, like, you know, Allison, this is a big topic and there's a lot to unpack. I yeah. mean, you know, so Terry says, when I need something, my first step is to try and find it secondhand. It's less expensive and it doesn't continue to feel, to feed the retail monster. I totally, totally agree. Secondhand shopping is, um, I mean, there's so many ways to do that too now with like thread up and all of that. Like I love trying to find stuff secondhand first. Um, Linda says my waste service can be really picky with what they pick up. So what does a person do? Toss it in the garbage. I mean, <laughs> like if it can't be recycled through your re local recycler, it's trash. Like that's just, 
that's what you do. And if you don't want to have so much trash, you have to like change your buying habits. Like there's no, like, as far as I can tell, there's just no other way to get to point B here. Yeah. Amber says packaging and advertising play a huge role. Yep. Yeah. Sam. So, so yep. I used to be a graphic designer. But, <laughs> so I, I know. <laughs> I know all the packaging was always really fun to make. <laughs> it's it it's really funny to me sometimes how I'll get stuff, um, just even like buying stuff for my kids sometimes. I'll be like, man, that packaging really sold that. And this thing we're actually getting is, eh. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, that's why like graphic designers are employed, right? Right. Um, free cycling is another option. Yep. Another, yeah, there's a lot of options. It doesn't change the fact that everything goes into the landfill at the end of the day. Right. Um, <laughs> and it, you know, it's just like, it's just to keep it in mind. So, okay, Linda, it's the garbage part. So what do you mean about that? Give me some more information. Like they don't take a lot of garbage. They, Disposing of things is really, really hard. I mean, like a lot of stuff is very difficult to dispose of. Like, how do you get, like, I was like, we had to like, we had a grill that like was all done, right? And we, I'm like, so my husband took it, took care of it, whatever, you know, he, I don't know what he did with it, but um, like, if he couldn't like pick that up and put it into his pickup truck, like how, how does somebody actually get rid of a grill? Like, what do you do? Like, that was like, what I'm like, what would we do if, you didn't like if I didn't have you to do this for me, like how would I get rid of that grill? And then since then I've noticed a lot of grills and yards like next to a new grill. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a commonly hard to get rid of stuff thing, you know? Yeah. We, we, one of the comments is we thrive on immediate gratification and that's, that's really what this is all about. Like if you're, postponing gratification you have to then feel the you know the discomfort of that and that which is a skill that i don't think our society has learned yes it's time to get uncomfortable mm -hmm. <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics actually so mary elizabeth says we have a scrap guy that takes anything metal the day before trash day so i just want to say metal is like 100 the most recycled material that exists so if you are like wondering you know like in terms of recycling, metal is top on the list. Paper, I think, really depends on where you live. I have no good, real good answers about paper, like across the board. Glass, hard to recycle because it, well, it's actually easy to recycle, but hard, it's hard to transport because it's so heavy. So you need a very localized glass recycling option, um, which may or may not be the case in your area. Plastic, 9%, just keep that number in mind. Hmm. <laughs> yeah oh i love if you live okay that's great if you can put stuff out and people will take it that's like awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's what i had <laughs> It's a lot there. I know. Yeah. I've been untangling this stuff for years and years and years. Yeah. I mean, really, it's a lot to like, it's a lot. And listen, when I was told 
that recycling is BS. I was like, no way you're wrong. No, like for years, I didn't believe it. I was like, we're going to recycle. We're going to do the right thing. Uh -huh. I was wrong. Hmm. Yeah, this is definitely something that's really good information. Going back to glass bottles that are recycled for milk and soda would save the landfills. Yeah. So um, 100%, like if you have um, like milk delivery or any place where you can like recycle glass for reuse without it having to be crushed and remade into something, that would be awesome. Um, we actually have milk delivery if we want it, which is nice because I think it's a benefit of living in the country, right? You have local farmers. <laughs> Nice. The source. Do you get like like little milk cartons like on your doorstep? <laughs> Just yeah. picturing this we totally like a, old school. Yeah, we have a milk box, and then the, like they come on Saturday morning. And I mean, we don't currently have this service because we only have like we have a dairy allergy in our house, so we cook with way less dairy than we used to. I only use half and half for my coffee, but like when the kids were little, we had it. So and it was excellent. Recycling gives me an extra trash can to fill. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Actually, our garbage company gave us two garbage cans because they were honest about the recycling. When I inquired, they're like, yeah, we don't recycle almost anything. I was like, can I just have a, a trash can? They're like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Because we are putting all your recycling into the trash. So I was very appreciative about that. Um, we need to tell lawmakers who believe in green stuff about recycling. I do. <laughs> yeah, we need to tell everyone about this, right? Like everybody needs to know how this really works. And I'm, you know, recycling apparently has also been like a major political promise that like tons and tons of politicians have used as part of their platforms to get elected. And I don't think that like, I think that I'm sure their intentions were like, yeah, let's do something good for the environment. But the political push for recycling has not helped because it clouds the whole thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. like regulating recycling makes you think that there's a regulation on the other end to make sure it gets recycled. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know where to go with this, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just kind of wanted to bring it up to you, Allison, because there's so much of that, like, you know, like our self-worth is connected to it. And how do we like, how do we, you know, come to terms with this? I mean, we have, to, we have to first recognize what we're like, what's happening, like what you're saying, you have to get it at the beginning before it comes in. And that's where the, the self-worth thing is very recognizable. And that's also where it's so easy to say, let me just like, fill this this thing that I'm feeling inside of me that I don't like and then we end up in that situation but the good news is there is a solution like and that is that you can make different choices at the beginning of the process it's not I think a lot of times we feel helpless with this right like oh, yeah. like like it's so much bigger than me but mm -hmm. you actually can make a difference you can, and you know what other, here's, let's, let's start with other things that you can do. You can call companies and ask them to use less packaging, right? So I frequently make phone calls to like, okay, here's, here's a phone call I recently made. 
we go to a local pharmacy, Walgreens, and for the drive-through prescriptions, they actually put, okay, they put each, and this is probably some regulation, but they put each prescription into a separate bag. They print out all the stuff, even if you get the same prescription, like every month, they print out all the information. Mm-hmm. And then they put your change into another envelope when they pass it through the window, right? So they like, they staple your change, your prescriptions, everything together in like this big giant, like huge amount of packaging when you're getting like one pill bottle, right? Or two, (laughs) whatever it is. So I've called Walgreens corporate now four times. (laughs) Cause I just, I get the thing. I, the number's right on there. I call, I'm like, can we just reduce the amount of packaging that is here? This is absurd. This is too much packaging. You don't need this much packaging, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, they, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I have nothing else to do when I'm driving home from the pharmacy. Like, I might as well just make that phone call. It's like ridiculous. It's just too much. Maybe they're calling me back now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Walgreens. Pick up the phone. <laughs> so, uh, you know. I mean, just get a water bottle and refill it. That's another really good, simple solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Phone calls, call your politicians, spread the word. Like, think about, like, think about this logically and not emotionally and start like sharing the information. There's some great documentaries that you can watch. Yeah. yeah, CVS gives a receipt that's the size of a scarf. How about you just email me my receipt? I don't want any receipts ever again for the rest of my life. And Can I can't receipt. <laughs> yes, please, to all of that. Receipts are ridiculous. They are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. CVS would give you a long list of coupons. Finally, they're emailing them now. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's see, there's progress. We can make progress. It's just little tiny baby steps, but everyone has the ability to do something. I love the idea of, of getting really, really good at being able to just say, nope, that doesn't need to come into my space. That doesn't, nope. doesn't need to be around me. doesn't need to be something on my mind like finding other coping mechanisms <laughs> that are more the, true to true to reality of life. Yeah. The ability to say no is like such a, not only with stuff, but in mm-hmm. life, right. It's so, so, so important. No, thank you. No, thank did you. Did you ever have a time where you did not have a good ability to say no? Cause you strike me as someone who's maybe just always had that in your personality, but maybe not. Maybe that's something you grew into. Uh, I say no all the time. <laughs> right. Has I've it always been that way? Your whole life has, has it always been that way? Pretty much. Yeah? Yeah. It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> not like, for most people, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you, how was your journey to saying no? Are you there yet? Or it's like always a work in progress? I think it's always going to be a work in progress, but um, I'm way, I'm way, way better than I ever used to be. I always just had so much, um, so much attached to like self-worth, right? Of this idea that if, if the request is being made of me, then I have some obligation or responsibility to it. So that could be like to someone else or 
you know, and when you, when you're always learning that, <laughs> you know, those lack of boundaries towards other people, you, you have the same lack of boundaries towards yourself. Like, mm -hmm. oh, if this enters into my consciousness, then it must just be what I'm thinking and who I am and what I do and, and what I am going to participate in. Right. So it's, <laughs> I mean, that's all the whole boundaries is like an entire topic we could do. But <laughs> <laughs> we should do that one actually, Allison. People would love that one. Maybe we should do that next week. Yeah. Boundaries, boundaries next week. <laughs> boundaries is like a lifelong. It's... Lindsay says saying no is a great feeling. Yeah, it is. <laughs> See, I, I did not. What, saying no for me felt like death. <laughs> <laughs> Because it felt like I'm disappointing someone, I'm letting someone down, or I'm not doing I'm supposed something I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> said, now she says, never said no one, said no, never said no one ever. Ask me if you <laughs> I will. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> See, it is really a skill set. It's really yeah. a skill set to learn. And it has so much to do with understanding your, like your own capacities which I also think we're not taught. All these things we're not taught. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sherry says it still feels uncomfortable for her too. It's hard to realize that no is a complete sentence. Denise, yeah. that's such a true, that's so true. Yeah. When I um I did a recycling or I did like a hydroponics lesson for a group of fourth graders because I was, like taking my um, plastic containers at, at one point and like just growing food in them. So it was all like recycled materials, right? And I did a little hydroponics growing lesson for the fourth graders and I had them all raise their hand and practice saying, no, thank you. When somebody offered them a plastic bag or a plastic container or whatever. So that I had them all like at the end of the lesson, like raise their hand and say, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, oh thank gosh, you. No, I thank love you. that. <laughs> That is so good. Yeah. No. And and like, no, I don't need to explain myself. No, thank you. Yeah, that's really good. All right. So um, Amber says she gets funny looks when she says no to plastic bags at the grocery store. So I get funny looks when I bring my own take-home containers at a restaurant. <laughs> But uh, that's okay with me because I don't want styrofoam here if I can help it. That you are such an inspiration. I never would have even thought of that. Well, I feel like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but New York might be a little ahead of the Chicago or of the, so you don't live in Chicago, you live in Ohio, of the Ohio curve when it comes to like uh, single use, because we banned single use, well, we banned plastic bags. We were in the process of banning single use plastic and then COVID came. And I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories about COVID. I think the plastics industry is behind it because we now cover everything in plastic and everything is single use. Right? Uh -oh. <laughs> you may be onto something. Um, but so we actually don't have plastic bags available at grocery stores, which by the way, there's like, I wrote a whole, a whole blog post about this. It's not like as that's not as environmentally friendly as you would think because paper bags are, I mean, it's not like, it's not like one is better than the other. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's like a lot of, and there's a lot of research that suggests that when we ban plastic bags, 
plastic bag sales increases dramatically because people actually have a use for plastic bags. Um, but there's a lot of like zero waste movements around here where I live and a lot like all. So, and I don't know if that exists in Ohio. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it does. Maybe you guys have a massive single use movement or, uh, you know I what I mean? I could be maybe yeah. oblivious to it. <laughs> zero waste. Zero waste. It is possible. <laughs> I don't think it's the same. Yeah. I don't think it's the same. It's like a, yeah, so it's a whole thing, you know, and Amber, who lives in Wyoming, they probably haven't banned uh, plastic bags there yet either. So anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. Linda says we couldn't bring our own bags while the virus was still going. So this is the other thing. You couldn't even bring your own bags to many grocery stores during wow. COVID. So I mean... <laughs> That is very suspicious. <laughs> I broke that rule repeatedly. <laughs> well, because also like those, you know, the fabric grocery bags are way better to like carry around than mm -hmm. any plastic or paper bag, right? It's more convenient. They all just break these days anyway. The plastic yeah. ones. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I remember, uh, I remember being when I was helped my mom with the groceries when I was younger, like just stuffing all kinds of things in those. And now like it can barely hold anything before it's busting. Yeah. Because, um, to make more money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have reduced like the, you know, the quality of the plastic. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, hold Everything on. Everything breaks down. <laughs> yeah. So Terry says, I live in the mi Midwest and this is the first time I've heard of a zero waste movement. Oh my gosh, you guys, uh, if you're following. So I like to follow like inspirational type things on Instagram, right? Follow zero waste people on Instagram. There's so many people doing incredible stuff with zero waste. It's actually fascinating. And it could be a good motivator, right? It can give you new ideas. It can really change the way that you think about things. But the zero waste movement is huge and it's pretty awesome. I'm not there, but like, I love it. Like, and it's totally pushed me out of my, you know, habitual patterns and into new patterns, even if I'm not totally zero waste, which is basically impossible. <laughs> We need a title for today. <laughs> um, yeah, drop your titles for today. Into the oh my gosh, we're at 54 minutes. Alice, yeah. this week you're doing boundaries. I'm going to sit and not say a word. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's so much more fun to, to have you to bounce things off of than just monologue. <laughs> um, yeah, I do have lots of things to say there. Just so. say no. I love it, Linda. No. Yeah, this is the just say no, <laughs> where I riff on the plastics industry. Yeah. And share yeah. conspiracy theories. Just say no, it just riffs on the plastic industry. <laughs> oh my gosh, what if this gets us banned on YouTube because I'm sharing a conspiracy theory? <laughs> Waste-free zone. I did not care less. Lots of talk, Jess and Allison. Ooh, Denise, I love that one. Oh, that's fun. Maybe that's what we should have named our podcast. <laughs> It's all garbage, and that's a great one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, good job, guys. This is, we need to do this every week. You guys, know. Named, you guys named the show. It's not a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs>
All right, we'll pick one. Well, we'll pick one. I love it. Yeah. It's all garbage. That's kind of, I think that that really sums up. It does pretty much sum it up. Yeah. And if you see somebody on social media being posted about, like, maybe reach out with love and kindness and think the best of them instead of thinking that they're a horrible person because they tried to do the right thing. Let's, Even if let's they did it all wrong. take that as that's a really good takeaway because everybody deserves way more benefit of the doubt than, yes. than they tend to get than we all get in general. That includes you too. Like we all individually deserve that. So mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's all trash. That's another good one. It's all garbage. It's all trash. <laughs> Let's talk about waste. <laughs> Talking trash. I would love, like, I really, this is one of my favorite conversations to have because I think it's so connected to clutter. So if you have more comments on this, like post them after, if you're watching the replay or go to my Instagram story because I put a comment box up leave your comment. Like, let's keep this conversation going. It's really, really an important conversation to have utter rubbish <laughs> <laughs> and trash talk, <laughs> utter rubbish and trash talk. Oh my gosh. Oh, Bye. So good, you guys. <laughs> You're so clever. <laughs> trash talking, utter rubbish. <laughs> I'm writing these all down. See, there we go. We, we've got systems now. It only took us 10 episodes. And okay, here's your challenge for the week. See how many single-use containers you cannot bring into your life. Yeah. That's a great, a great challenge. Good deal. Zero waste this week, people. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really be thinking about that. Oh my gosh, seriously, look at the hashtag. It's all, plus like the pictures are all so pleasant, right? Like it's like clear counters, everything's white, you know? Yeah, you know, I want that. It's very like, very um, lack of color. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> it's like, you know, that, that like very like white image, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. everything's clean and clear and like <laughs> sterile. <laughs> clean and clear. That's such a beautiful imagery. Right? Mm -hmm. I want that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Donate or dump, that is the question. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, I'm back and forth on laundry soap, but I actually can get um, at our co-op, we have refillable laundry soap. So you can bring your own container and refill it. There's also, you can get like um, laundry sheets now. There's a lot, I mean, there's when you get into this, there's like a whole other like realm of stuff that you could buy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says 51,000 trees are used for one day's consumption of paper towels in the U.S. alone. Whoa. Yeah, and I think it takes 400 gallons of water or 4,000. I don't know, 400 or 4,000 gallons of water to make one pair of jeans. I mean, it's like. Wow. When you learn about it, the more you know, empower yourself with knowledge. All right. I think. Well, thank you, Jess. Our time is up. <laughs> Our time is up. Thank you. This, this, this episode brought to you by all the knowledge inside of Jess Marcy's brain. Thank you so <laughs> much for that because we all need it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to drop some documentaries for you guys to watch this weekend yeah. in the comments. So food for thought Friday.
Watch the documentaries. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Good stuff. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in live. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out today. <laughs> I'm so surprised that so many people show up. So we thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. We love we'll you all. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>